Matthew chapter number 6. If you don't know where Matthew is, that's okay. If you have your Bible with you, just open up to the table of contents, and you will see uh, Old Testament and New Testament. So Matthew is the first book in your New Testament. So you turn over there and then find Matthew chapter number 6, okay? Uh, before we read that, here we go. Uh, we've started a brand new series, started a brand new series. We're in week 3, week 3 of this series. And so here's the name of the series, One, two, three. Okay, now here we go one more time because we're going to say it like we feel, right? Ready? One, two, three. Overwhelmed. 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 We've talked about this several weeks and all that kind of stuff is that, okay, overwhelmed. We're overwhelmed in, in, our, in our schedules. We're overwhelmed in our marriages. We're overwhelmed in our parenting. We're overwhelmed in our finances. We are just overwhelmed. We're overwhelmed. We're overwhelmed at school. We're overwhelmed with sports. We're overwhelmed. And yet we talk about how in, in no way, shape, or form is this God's will for our lives. Say no. No, it's not. It's no desire that God would us for us to be overwhelmed, but yet we're here. Yet we're here. And so we're, we're overwhelmed in all of these areas. And what are we supposed to do? And I'm about to pull my hair out. I'm about to go crazy. I just want to scream. Ah! We're overwhelmed. And so we, we've been talking about this, and so the first week we talked about uh, what is our purpose? What is our purpose? Because sometimes we get overwhelmed, we, we lose sight of our purpose, and our purpose is to glorify God. Say amen. That's why we were created. Uh, that's why even in the salvation that redeems us back to our original purpose of glorifying God in everything we do. And last week, and last week, we talked about who comes first. Who comes first? And we realize that God comes first. And we talked about how God doesn't need to be one of many priorities. And it's not just from the standpoint of making God first that we put him at the front of the line. No, what we said is that God had to be priority when it came to our families. That God had to be the number one priority when it came to our work. God had to be the number one priority when it came to our, our school. Number one in our sports. Number one in our fun even. Number one in all areas of our life, not just putting them at front, but put, making them priority in every single way. And so what we did is we looked at this verse. This is the verse we started with last week, Matthew 6, verse 33. Matthew 6, verse 33. Hopefully we have it up there, okay? It says, but seek ye, what's that next word? First, the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much. Thank you so much for your word. Thank you so much for its truth. Thank you so much that, Lord, you can be first in everything in our lives. But, Lord, if we're being honest, what does that look like? How do we make sure we keep you first in every area of our life? And so, Lord God, as we talk about that this week, Lord, I pray that you would just move in an awesome way, Lord God, I know there's things in my life in, in, in relation to this message that had to change, need to change. And so, Lord God, I just pray you give us boldness and courage to make the change that needs to be made. Lord, we're just going to give you this time. Lord, the goal is not for us to see any person but you. And, Lord, if we've met with you and your name has been glorified, it has been a really good day. We pray all these things in your great name. Amen. 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 All right, so here's the title of the message today. Here's something. Steps to, what's that next word? Steps to keep God first. 
steps to keep God first. Because hopefully everybody's in the same understanding here that I know, Buchanan, God comes first. I know it here. I know it here. I believe it. God comes first. But yet, in our lives, sometimes we have a tendency to drift. Sometimes we have a tendency to where, okay, here we go. I, I know God's first. I know, I know what the Bible says. I believe the Bible. But yet, when I look at my life, I have not kept God first. He should be first, but how do I keep him first? That's what we'll look at today. Now, before we get into the steps, because if you like, if you like you know, writing down like points and all that kind of stuff, you're going to have a lot to write down today. We'll look at points, several different verses, all that kind of stuff. But one thing, and, there, and, and I'm, I'm going to, the points or the steps are going to look very simple. Very simple. And it's going to be easy for us to say, oh, I see what you're talking about. You'll talk, you're talking about a quiet time. Now, some of y'all may not know what a quiet time is. So a quiet time is when you wake up in the morning, hopefully in the morning. Some people do it at night, whatever. But there's a time where you just kind of get away and everything's quiet and you just spend some time with God. And so you pray and you read your Bible and all that kind of stuff. And and so that's what a quiet time is. But the problem with a quiet time, and I'm not anti-quiet time, okay? I think spending, giving God the first part of your day is a great thing to do. But does God just want the first part of your day? No, He wants all of it. He wants all of it. And so sometimes when it comes to our quiet time, it can become like we're checking off a box, Like I did my quiet time this morning, I gave God the first, and now, okay, God, you're taken care of, so now let me get taken care of all the other stuff this week, or this day, okay? And it's not that way. God doesn't want to just be the first 15 minutes of your day. He wants your whole entire day. In every way, shape, or form, He wants your entire day. And you're like, how do I do that, Buchanan? Like, am I supposed to basically, like, sit in my house and just read my Bible and pray all day long? No, please don't do that, okay? Like, we want you to be effective outside your house. But there is a way to keep God first, and we're going to look at those steps, okay? How many are ready for this? Say yes. Okay, here we go. Number one, number one, here's the first step. Yield to the Holy Spirit's control. So if you like to write down things or whatever, yield to the Holy Spirit's control. And there are two, two words we're going to really focus on here is that word yield. We're going to look at that in just a minute. And control. Yield to the Holy Spirit's control. Now, the reason why that word is there, control, I'm not just talking about guidance. I'm not just talking about direction. I'm talking about control. Yield to the Holy Spirit's control. Now, who? let's be honest. In our society, who do we want to be in control? We do. We want to be in control. We want to be in control. But what we're talking about here is yielding to the Holy Spirit's control. Let's look at our first verse. Look at our first verse. Okay, Ephesians 5.18 says, Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Now, some people look at this and go, okay, this verse is about, like, we shouldn't be drunk. We shouldn't be drunk. You know, that, that, that we shouldn't be excessive. We shouldn't drink excessively to the point of being drunk. But what we need to understand is that word but. We talked about the word but. So what it, but introduces a contrast. Don't, don't be drunk but be filled with the Spirit. But what's interesting is why are those two things together? Drunkenness and being filled with the Spirit. Okay, yes, there's a contrast there, but there is something about drunkenness that helps us understand about being filled with the Spirit. Now, drunkenness is something to where we, we drink so much alcohol that our, our judgment is impaired. Say amen. 
Okay, because it, let's be honest, somebody who's drunk does things they shouldn't do. You ever watch, you ever watch uh, Cops? My, my, my kids like watching live PD. Okay, usually when like, a, like, like uh, um, uh, somebody's like half naked or, or uh, the domestic violence situation or whatever, guess what's usually involved? Alcohol. Okay, now nobody, nobody runs around half naked. Hopefully you don't. Okay, or let me just, let's not be, let's be honest. It's not half naked, it's fully naked. All right, so that's why we don't need to be watching that kind of stuff, okay? But, so that, or, or, or from the standpoint of somebody, why would anybody in their right mind ever, ever try to harm their wife or their husband? What, and what somebody in their right mind would get into, a, get into a car and then the next morning not know how they got home? Like, why anybody would do that in their right mind? Because they're being controlled by something. That what's controlling them? Say it with me. The alcohol is controlling them. The alcohol is controlling them. They're not in their right mind. But what he's saying here is that, look, as somebody in a negative way is being controlled by alcohol, and and that affects their decision-making and what they decide to do and how they do things and all that kind of stuff, in in relation to that, we need to understand that's a negative way. The positive way is you, you should be filled with the Spirit. That the Spirit should be controlling you. That when you don't know what to say or don't know what to do, that it's not you, it's the Spirit that takes control and, and, and leads you and guides you in that way, okay? If that makes sense, say amen. Okay, let's keep on going. Another verse. Another verse. Okay? This I say then. This is in Galatians, okay? This is Paul talk, talking to the church of Galatia, okay? So this I say then, walk in the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit, okay? So if you're going to walk in the Spirit, that means as you're walking and you're going, it's like as you're doing what you're doing, you're in the Spirit. And you shall not, okay, if we walk in the Spirit, you shall not fulfill the lust of the what? The flesh, okay? The flesh. Now we'll talk about this in just a minute. Verse 17. Verse 17. For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary one to the other, okay. So everybody understanding this is that if you, when before you're saved, you have the flesh. You, have, you, it, we talked, we sang this song talking about freedom, okay. When, when you're before you're saved, before you put your faith and trust in Jesus, you are a slave to sin. When somebody says, "I couldn't help it," that's right because you are a slave to that, okay. But through Jesus, we have freedom. Say Amen. Okay? We have freedom from what? We are no longer a slave, so we have a choice in the matter. So nobody can say, oh, I sinned. No, if you're saved and you sin, that was your choice. You made that choice. But what it's saying here is that, look, when I, when I get saved, it's, I have the flesh and I still have the spirit. But here's the deal. They're contrary to one another. That the flesh is against the spirit and the spirit is against the flesh. Here's another way to say it. When, when I say yes to the flesh, I'm saying no to the who? The Spirit. But when I say yes to the Spirit, I'm saying no to who? The flesh. Okay? Because here's what's interesting. So, this is an interesting part of the verse. So that you cannot do the things that ye would. Now, that doesn't make sense because it seems like, okay, the flesh and the Spirit, and, and so this makes it where hey, I have a hard time doing what I should. Here's why. Because your flesh and your spirit are always at war with one another. Always at war with one another. I hope y'all can, re- y'all can, y'all can, uh, t- t- can relate to this. Because in, 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 as I've been saved for, the, for a number of years, 
My spirit desires to do one thing, and my flesh desires to do something different. In the same exact circumstance, the same exact situation, my spirit is pulling me one way, and my flesh is pulling me the other. And there's this constant battle going back and forth that it's almost like, oh, I just have this struggle. Hopefully some of y'all can relate to this, okay? Flesh wants me to do this, the spirit wants me to do that, and there's this struggle. All right? Now, what he goes on in this, in this section, we're not going to look at the section, but he starts to list out the different lusts of the flesh. And then he starts to talk about the fruit of the Spirit. So he talks about, here's, what's gonna, here's the things that the flesh kind of bears out in your life. Here's the things the Spirit would bear out in your life. And then he jumps down. Here's the next verse. Here we go. Now listen to this. And here's what we need, really need to understand right here. Okay? And they that are whose? Christ have crucified the what? Flesh with the affections and lust. Verse 25. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Go back to verse 24. Here's what I want to help you with. Here's what I want to help you with. Okay? If you're Christ, if you belong to Him, okay? They that are Christ have crucified the flesh. Now, what crucified means, that is that should be dead in your life. Okay? That should be dead in your life. Now, here's what's really cool. The flesh is supposed to be dead, but what is the spirit? Is what? Alive. Okay? Now, here's what's really cool about this. When we, when we go to the, to the, when we lean into our flesh or allow the flesh to control us, here's what we're allowing to control us. Something that should be dead. Something that's dead. Now, I don't know about you, but I would much be rather led by something that's alive than what is dead, okay? And so, so but, but it comes down, to, here's, what's, here's, here's the deal, it comes down to control. It comes down to control. Are you going to allow the spirit to control, or are you going to allow the flesh to control? You've got a choice to make. Verse 25, for we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. Now, so there, 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 we talked a little bit about the control part. Let's talk about that yield. Let's talk about that yield word. That yield word. Here we go. Let's talk about that yield word. No, my ne- the next verse. It's okay. Yield to the Holy Spirit's control. That yield word. Romans six thirteen. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto who? God. As those that are, this is so cool. This is so cool. Look at this. As those that are what? Alive from the dead. And your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. Now let me help you with that word yield. Now some of y'all want to take the word yield and say, that's that sign that's on the road that, that as long as nothing's coming, I don't have to stop. I can just roll on through, baby. Here we go. All right. But that word yield means to concede, to give up, to surrender. That, that, that we, we have a choice to make. We can either concede or give up or surrender to the flesh, or we can yield and concede and give up and, and surrender to, to God or to the Spirit. Okay? And here's what's really cool about this. Not just from the standpoint of an idea. Like, I need to yield to this, so that's a really good idea. 
No, it says, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. Now, there's a lot of members of my body, okay? Let me help you with this. Can, can, uh, can my mouth get me in trouble? Yes, very much so, okay? I, I, I've, I already did it today. I'm one of those that I can put my foot in my mouth all the way up to the kneecap. I can do that. I'm like an expert in that, okay? All right? But we can do that. We can do that. Now, here's the deal. Do you think the Holy Spirit wants to control your mouth? Absolutely. Do you think the Holy Spirit wants to control your ears? Okay, because sometimes we hear things that really weren't said, but we get all mad about it, and so what we hear affects what we say. But even from the standpoint of, of, of our members, where we go, do you think the Holy Spirit wants to control us in the places we go? Absolutely. What we do with our hands, right? Every single member of our body should be used as instruments of righteousness unto God. But the only way that's possible is if we allow the Holy Spirit to control us, control our members. Here's what's really cool about this, um, because this works. Let me just say this real quick. This works. And again, this is not a, hey, in the morning, I want God to control me. This is in every single situation, every single moment, yielding to the Holy Spirit control. Jackson has become a real good buddy of mine. Okay? And probably Leah's like, yes. Get off the phone with me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. Leah and Katie are like, they're going to get in a support group together. Because on Wednesdays, Wednesdays, let me just, let me just put this out real quick. Okay? Wednesday's the longest day for me because I, I, I see my kids. I drop one kid off, and then I'm all day here, and then uh, I, I stay until like Wednesday night stuff, all that kind of stuff. And then as soon as I get home, usually I get a phone call. Either I call or Jackson calls, and me and him talk for like an hour. And then Katie goes, I haven't seen you all day long, and the only person that gets your time is Jackson. All right, so, so it's, kind of a, it's kind of a, this is a great example, okay? All right, but Jackson and I have, have really been encouraging one another. Would you agree? We've been encouraging each other. We've been holding each other accountable, and accountability is not a bad thing, okay? It's a good thing. We need more accountability. And so here's what we did, and, and, and what's sad is we've, we, I think we've seen a difference when we've been doing it really well and when we haven't been. But it, what was that, about a month ago, I guess? About a month ago, we said, hey, we need the Holy Spirit to control us. And so we, every time we went into uh, a conversation, every time we made a phone call, every time we got, before we got home, before we got in the car to leave to take our kid to school or whatever it may be, you remember this, right, okay? We would, have, we would do this. I, I, I'm asking the Holy Spirit to control my conversation with Ty on the way to school. I'm asking the Holy Spirit to control me before I make this phone call. I'm asking the Holy Spirit to control this meeting that's going to happen. And here's what happened. Here's what happened. When we, were, when we were sending those text messages back and forth, we were saying, I'm asking, like, I was praying. I just wanted him to know what I was praying. And would you agree, would you agree that those two weeks were pretty awesome weeks? Okay? Very much so. Would you agree with that? And we saw God do some awesome, crazy things. And then we drifted away from it. And would you agree, we're, all, we're on the same page here right now, the, the, the past two weeks have been a little rough at times. Okay? Now, I'm not trying to be ugly about that or whatever. It's been rough for me. It's been rough for you. It's been rough, okay? We've been dealing with it. And this is not just our wives blessing us out because we're on the phone. But I'm saying that to say we, I needed the Holy Spirit control in every single circumstance, situation, person I interacted with. I needed the Holy Spirit. Would you agree? So we've got to yield ourselves. We've got to yield ourselves to the Holy Spirit's control. 
because I'm going to keep talking to you, okay? Everybody's like, is this Jackson Buchanan hour that we come? Like Everybody's like, what, what service is Jackson coming to? I don't want to come to that service because Buchanan's going to talk to him. But like, not just, and I say we saw God do some things, but there was, like, even in some of the conversations, like, th- there were things that I was saying, I'm like, if the Holy Spirit didn't say that, then I couldn't have said that, right? Like, that happened. Like, th- there were times, I-, I-, I talked to a guy the other day, and I was encouraging about this whole Holy Spirit control thing, and he was kind of talking to his wife, and they were having a little bit of issues, whatever, and he said, Buchanan, I took your advice. I said, I- you said, Holy Spirit control, okay. So, so uh, the first thing I wanted to say was this, but the Holy Spirit said no. Then the second thing I wanted to say, I said, I wanted to say that, but the Holy Spirit said no. By the third thing, I was getting closer to what the Holy Spirit wanted me to say. By the fourth thing, I knew I could say this to my wife, all right? But I say all that to say, like, that's, that, this is reality. Like, we need the Holy Spirit to control every part of our lives, every single part of our lives. And here's what, what's cool about this, too. I've had a couple people come to me and say, hey, Buchanan, I need you to, I, I got this issue or that problem or whatever. And, and part of me wants to say, let me, here's my advice. Let me give you some advice. But here's what, my, here's what my best advice I could give everybody, and this is what I did with these people, is I said, let's ask the Holy Spirit to control. Let's ask the Holy Spirit to be in that conversation. Let's ask the Holy Spirit to be in that meeting. Let's ask the Holy Spirit to be a part of that and this and that and all that kind of stuff. And guess what? When we prayed those prayers and asked the Holy Spirit to control, guess what? The Holy Spirit came out and did what he needed to do. All right, let's keep on going. Number two. Number two step, number two step. Read God's word and what? Live it. And we have to do both of these. Read God's word and live it, okay? Read God's word and live it. So we need to be reading God's word on a consistent basis, a daily basis, but we have to actually live it. We have to actually live it. Let's look at our our first verse. Here we go. Here we go. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Okay, so our faith is directly connected to the Word of God. So we have faith because of what we hear, and hearing comes by the Word of God. So we think, well, okay, Buchanan, all i got to do is just hear it and hear it and hear it and hear it, and that is what is going to change me. That's what's going to help me to keep God first. But then you have this verse. You have this verse. But be doers of the Word and not hearers only. So it's not just from the standpoint of hearing God's Word. It's about doing God's Word because if we only hear and don't do, here's what we're doing. We're deceiving your own, you're deceiving your own selves. You're deceiving your own selves. Now here, here's what I'm trying to say about this. If I read God's Word and I look and see there's things in God's Word that need to change about me and about my life and what needs to be done, what doesn't need to be done, all that kind of stuff, and I don't do anything about it, here's what you're doing. You're lying to yourself. You're lying to yourself. Because you thought, hey, as long as I have the information, then that must mean that I'm growing spiritually. But, it, but here's, let me help you with this. Knowledge does not lead to maturity. Application of that knowledge leads to maturity. My kids know how to brush their teeth. But if they don't brush their teeth, they're not going to have many teeth. Okay? They had to be doers of my words, not just hearers only. Okay? I don't know if y'all dealt with this, the whole go brush your teeth. Like, why is this a big deal? I don't know. Nobody has to force me to do that. Okay. So, there we go. Be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. Now, here's what I want to challenge you about. Here's what I want to challenge you about. This is a good test for you to do. How much of the Bible do you believe? 
How much of the Bible, now hold on for your answer, how much of the Bible do you believe? Just ask yourself this question. How much of the Bible do I believe? Here's how much of the Bible you believe. How much of it you live? Because you're not willing to live it, how can you say you really believe it? Here's another word we can use for belief. Trust. How much do you trust God's word? How much of it are you willing to live? Because we all know that there's things in God's word that says what we should and should not do. These are the areas and we, we need to, here's, here's how we need to parent. Here's how we need to, here's how we need to treat our spouses. Here's what we need to do with our finances. Here's what we need. To, we know all these things and yet we say no to God and so do we really believe it? Do we really trust it? Because really, the only thing that we truly believe and truly trust is what we live. Next verse. Next verse. Now, here's a verse that's probably very familiar, okay? Very familiar. A lot of these verses are very familiar. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to deal with that in just a minute because you're like, Buchanan, this is so simple. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, Okay? So what, 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 what Paul is saying here is saying, look, what we're going to do is we're, we're going to present our bodies as a living sacrifice. Here's another thing about control. You are not your own. Okay? I'm a living sacrifice. I've, I, he talks about I die daily. Okay? I die to what? I die to self. Okay? I'm a living sacrifice. I'm for God no matter what in every way, shape, or form, all the way, all, everything. Okay? Which is your reasonable service? Now, I'm going to talk about reasonable service in just a minute. Because we look at being a living sacrifice, that doesn't look very reasonable. If I'm just being honest, that doesn't look very reasonable to me. But here's the problem. Verse 2. And be not conformed to this world. Be not conformed to this world. Okay, here's how we're going to illustrate this, okay? Let's use this example, okay? This is, this is going to be the spiritual things of life, okay? The spiritual things, the spiritual things. We're going to use this tissue box... This tissue box as the worldly things. The worldly things in life. Okay? There we go. We have the worldly things of life and we have the spiritual things of life. Okay? Now here's, here's when we get saved, here's where we start. Here's where we start. I mean, obviously, if you're getting saved, you're putting your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, spiritual things are pretty important to you. Spiritual things are pretty important to you. Would everybody agree? Say, say Amen. Okay, hopefully when you got saved, like you were like, man, like I, I could have asked you to do anything for Jesus, and you said, sign me up. But here's what happens. Here's what happens. We, 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 we do these spiritual things, but then there's a tug. There's a pull. We start to look at some of these worldly things that we want, we desire, these things that, uh, one thing, we, we, we look at this whole, I've got to have the American dream. It's about the kind of house I live in, the car I drive, the way, the, all the activities my kids do, that they're the superstars, and they're in this and they're in that. And so we're, we're, we're chasing after all these worldly things, all these things of this world, this Americanized, hey, I ju if I can do it, as long as I got the money, even if I don't have the money, hey, we're going to go after this thing 100 miles an hour because I want to be just like the world. Here's the, here's the deal. When we're pursuing worldly things, and I look over those spiritual things, guess what? From this, from this vantage point, that doesn't look reasonable. That looks extreme. That looks extreme. Would everybody agree with that? 
That's a big, that's a big difference here, right here. That looks extreme. So, so if I'm chasing after worldly things, it looks extreme to be a living sacrifice for God. But the closer I go to pursuing the spiritual things in life and not the worldly things, the more and more and more reasonable this looks. Now, here's what's interesting about this. Let's put this in the middle, okay? If we're in the middle right here, I'm not talking about society. I'm talking about the church. I'm talking about saved people. Let's all be really real right here, okay? Uh, we're we're going to lean one way or the other, okay? Which way do we have a tendency more to lean? Come on, to the world, to the worldly things, the things that are going to burn up and be gone and done. We lean towards those things. I lean towards those things, okay? So if we know we're leaning that way, how do we get back? How do we get back to where this becomes more of a reasonable service? Here's the deal. But be, but, but be not, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your what? Mind. It starts with your thinking. It starts with your thinking. It's about this whole thing, okay, uh, okay, I need to, my thoughts need to be different. My thoughts don't need to be worldly. I don't need to think in that direction. I need to think in this direction. So what do I need to do? I need to think. I need to think. Be not conformed by the renewing of your mind. You may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Go to my next verse. Go to my next verse. Philippians 4.8. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are what? True. Okay? I don't know about you, but I know this is true. That lies to me a lot, okay? Whatsoever things are honest, this is honest, but there's a lot of dishonesty over there. Okay, whatsoever things are just, this is just, but over here, that looks very unjust and unfair. Whatsoever things are pure, I know this is pure, but, I mean, God knows the world is impure. No purity in the world. Here we go. Whatsoever things are lovely, lovely, unlovely. What are things are of good report? This is good news. This is good news. Okay, turn on the actual news. How much good news are you hearing? None. So the world is all full of bad report. Okay, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, what's that next word? Think. Think on these things. Here's what I really want to help you with. As much as we're filling our, our, our minds, even from the, and I'm not saying about, and, and I get the whole watch on TV and, and, and radio and all that kind of stuff. I'm not even talking about so much of that worldly stuff as much as the things you're telling yourself. Stop telling yourself a bunch of lies. This is the truth. This is what needs to frame your thinking. Here's what I figured out. I don't ever do anything until I think about it first. I need, to, I need to be in the gym. I don't just walk around and bump, there's the gym, okay? I have to make a decision to go to the gym. I have to think about it before I do it. So my thinking, my thinking should then influence what I do, all right? Is that the last verse under that one? I got one more verse? Awesome, great. All right, here we go, here we go. This is, now this is really cool. Okay? So we talked about the thinking and all that kind of stuff. And notice what happened. Those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me. What's that big word? Do. Okay. And then the God of what? Peace shall be with you. God of peace. Let's talk about overwhelmed. If I'm overwhelmed, the last thing I have in my life is peace. Peace. 
So, so I'm, 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 I'm all like, peace. Worldly things, peace. All right, here we go. Last step, last step. All right, be in constant prayer. Be in constant prayer. So yield to the Holy Spirit's control. Okay, and that's not just in the morning. That's in every single situation, conversation, circumstance, everything. Okay, read God's word and live it. Read God's word and live it. Okay, that's this. Remember what we're doing. We're keeping God first. How do we keep God first? Be in constant prayer. Be in constant prayer. All right, here we go. First verse. All right. It says, be careful for nothing. Now, let's talk about that, that careful. We talked about careful last week. That word is a great word to say worry. All right. We talked about, about worrying before. We talked about all the things like the lilies of the field and the fl- birds of the air and all that kind of stuff leading up to that, but seek ye first. Okay. But what, let me help you with this. So I, got, I didn't say this last week. Okay. Don't worry or don't be, care, be careful for nothing is not an advocating for laziness. Say amen. Nor is it against hard work. Okay? Like, I don't want you to think, well, we didn't worry about anything, so I need to be lazy and not work. You need to not be lazy and you need to work. Say amen. Okay? It's not about what we do. It's about how we think. Be careful for nothing. Don't worry about anything. Okay? Be careful for nothing. But in what? How many things? Everything by prayer and supplication. Word supplication means petition. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Be made known unto God. Okay? So we want to make sure that uh, we understand that, okay, every, what can I pray about? Everything. Let me give you an example. Let me give you an example. Because here's what I do. I, I have a tendency to worry and not pray. Anybody else with me on that one? Worry and not pray? Okay, good. Just making sure I'm not alone. Thank you, Jackson, for being honest. Okay, here we go. Just want to say Jackson again. All right, so it's a really cool name. <laughs> but, but worry and not pray. Like, I'll give you a great example. Friday. Friday, I study on Friday. For, I mean, literally, Friday afternoon, I'm worried sick because of a church issue. And, and, and I was just worried and worried and worried. Can't really get my stuff straight or whatever. And God was like, what you preaching on this Sunday? Like, none of your business, God. Okay. What are you preaching on Sunday? No, I don't worry about anything. Well, okay, well, you're not supposed to worry about anything. What are you supposed to do? I'm supposed to pray. So I started praying. I started praying. This, uh, I, I, I can't believe I'm being completely transparent about this, but I woke up at 1 o'clock this morning. I'm like, we get an extra hour of sleep, and I woke up at 1 o'clock this morning. This is terrible. Okay? And I couldn't go to bed at like 3 o'clock, and then I'm one of those that, not, like, okay, if I go to sleep now, I'm going to wake up feeling terrible, but if I stay up, I'm going to feel worse, so how do I do this? Whatever. Let me help you with this. You know what was on my mind? Church stuff. You know, I stayed up for two hours and never once prayed about it. Never once prayed about it. Uh, this is the one, verse 7. Do you have verse 7? Yes. Okay, this is kind of interesting right here. And, the, and oh, look at this. Oh, it's interesting, huh? And the what? Peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. It's kind of interesting because this obviously the, the we're gonna the next verse will be finally brethren think on these things all that kind of stuff. So from the standpoint of where we think determines our peace, but from the standpoint of when we pray, how how how, how it feels great when somebody prays for you. You ever notice that? It, it feels great when somebody prays for you. Do you know what? You can pray for yourself and get the same exact feeling. 
You pray for yourself and you get the same exact feeling. And here's what's really cool. Shall keep your hearts and mind through Christ Jesus. Because here's, here's what I do. When I pray, it puts it back in right perspective. It helps my heart and helps my mind to say, you know what? I'm worried about this, but I'm putting this in God's hand because I know God can do something. Here we go, next verse. And then we'll be done. Pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. Again, verse you've probably seen. Pray without ceasing. Now that does not mean, again, that you hermit yourself inside the house and just pray every single moment of every day. No, this is saying that in every single moment that we need to be in prayerful, prayerful things. This week, I went to an appointment, and I said, man, they, they, I haven't had a gospel conversation with this individual. And so I went in and, and, and went to that appointment, and she said she was asking about the family and talking about my family and all this kind of stuff. And so I'm sitting there in the chair, and, and, uh, and I'm like, okay, I need to ask her about the gospel. I need to ask her salvation story, all that kind of stuff. I need to do this. And so here was my prayer. God, if she brings up church, then I'll ask her. What little faith I have, right? Okay, there we go. God, if she brings up church, then that'll be my transition. That'll be the way I do uh, here, here's what literally happened. God, if she brings up church, then I'll ask her about her salvation. Guess what her next statement was? How is church going? And you can say what you want to. You can say what you want to, but that was cool. <laughs> that was really cool. I specifically asked God, and here's what's really interesting about that. You know why, I share, why, why we share the gospel? Because it's found in God's word, and I'm supposed to live it. So here I am praying specifically. This is really cool. So we're like, what is God's will for my life? If you will pray according to God's word, it's amazing what God will do. So I prayed, and there, God answered. I'm like, wow. So pray without ceasing. Every single moment of every single time, when you feel it bubbling up and going, here's, here's the best thing you can do. Just stop for a minute and say, you know what, Lord? I'm going to put this situation in your hand. I don't know what you're going to do with it. I'm about, to, I'm about to lose my mind right now. But God, I'm going to put it in your And it's amazing what will happen. Okay, that's my last verse, right? Okay, so here we go. Last thing. Let's get it all together now. All right. So we talked about this a little bit more. We talked about this a little bit, and, and we said about knowledge doesn't lead to maturity. Would we all agree with that? Say amen. Okay, the application of knowledge leads to maturity. Now, um, I was talking to somebody this week, and this was kind of an aha moment for me. All right, um, what is 2 plus 2? Four, okay? All right, now when I go, I was a little worried there, okay? All right, but here's, here's, here's what's really cool about this. Um, so uh, when I was in school, not when my kids were in school, when I was in school, uh, we did addition in first grade, we did subtraction in second grade, we did multiplication in third grade, and we did division in fourth grade, okay? Now before their kindergartens, they have to do long division. I mean, I don't, it's just crazy, all right? I don't know if y'all noticed that. I mean, it's just like, really? Wow, okay. But here, here's, here's what's interesting is... Um, two plus two equals four. Both my boys, both my boys, um, two plus two equals four. Now, the goal was not for them to get that three out of ten times. That was not the goal. The go- okay, now in baseball, that's a Hall of Famer. <laughs> if, you, if you succeed three out of ten times. But, but, but three out of ten times didn't work. How many times did they have to get it right out of ten times? Ten times. Every single time, ten times, every single time. They had to master it. They had to master it. I'm going somewhere. Don't lose me, okay? They had to master it, okay? Because here's what we'll do with these kind, of, these kind of messages. Buchanan, that's simple. Buchanan, I know that. Buchanan, I know i got to read my Bible. i got to pray. And I don't know about the Holy Spirit control thing. That kind of freaks me out. But I'll do the other two. And we look at these things and we say, man, that's really simple. 
But here's the problem. Here's the problem. We may know it, and we may do it some of the time, but the goal is not just to do it some of the time. The goal is to do it how much of the time? All the time. To master it. To master it. This is what happens when we say, man, that's so simple, I want something deeper. That's like your first grader coming up and saying, I don't know what 2 plus 2 equals, but can we do some pre-calculus? What? Here's what you're going to say. No, you need to master this first before you move on. And here's what's kind of interesting. Um, my, my oldest doesn't do this anymore. I don't think they do this in high school. I don't know. We'll see. But my youngest, um, uh, even I think this year in sixth grade, I know in fifth grade, they do these things called fact tests. Fact tests. Where in, even in fifth grade, he's got like a minute and a half to do like 50 problems. And guess what? There's addition on there. Because if you don't use it, you what? Lose it. So here's what, when it comes to these things we're talking about, it's not about, hey, I know that's a good suggestion, Buchanan. I know that's something I need to do. Hey, Buchanan, I've done that before. I've done that in the past. Me too. But if we want to keep God first, this can't be something we do for a good solid week. This can't be something we do for a good solid month. I, I, it, it pains me when I hear people that say, I used to read my Bible a whole lot more. If you, I think we're all on the same page here. The longer you're saved, you should read your Bible more, not less. If you, the, the longer you've been saved, we should pray more, not less. It, it, the longer we've been saved, we need to be allowing the Holy Spirit to control more, not less. Would everybody agree? Say amen. It should be more, not less. So here's the key word, consistency. Y'all don't like that word, do you? Okay, here's a, another word. Y'all don't like this. Discipline. Self-discipline. We don't like those words. But here's, what I, here's, 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 here's where I am on this whole, this whole entire message right here. I'm tired, I'm tired of always having to come back and say, man, I, I messed up again. I got to put God first again. Got to put God first again. Got to put God first again. If we do this consistently, we won't have to. It's, and here's what's really interesting. The more we do this, it doesn't, become who, it doesn't become about what we do. It becomes about who we are. And how, Buchanan, how do, you, how, do you, how do you allow the Holy Spirit to control you? How do you read your Bible and actually live it? How do you be, how do you be constant in prayer? You know what? It's not that I really try. It's just become who I am. I don't know about you, but that's the kind of person I want to be. This is just who I am. Let's everybody stand. Let's everybody stand.